to the show. <laughs> okay. Um I <laughs> I want to talk about how there's quite a repetition over and over in the Old Testament. Uh, God keeps mentioning to the, the the children of Israel about the day of the Exodus, you know, um, Exodus chapter 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 twelve, uh, eleven and twelve, right? Um, of how he 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 removed them from the from the land of Egypt. There's such a repetition on that, right? And I want us to talk about that a little bit more. Hello, 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 and welcome to Life and Godliness with Phil. I am your host, Phil Gashau, and it is such a pleasure to have you here once more and again. (laughs) I'm actually getting the hang of this thing. Every time I start to record, I get so excited because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we have a whole podcast. Honestly, I'm very excited about the whole... Uh, I'm so consistent with it, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes I sleep and I wake up in the wee hours of the night saying, that is a podcast idea. Can we go and record? Yes, let's record now that my kids are asleep <laughs> and it's quiet in the house, we can record. Anyway, as I had started by saying, there is quite a repetition in the word of God. Uh, on him just reminding them um when i was reading it like earlier on i was just like why is god i mean even in jeremiah <laughs> he's talking about the day that he removed them from the from the land of egypt it's almost as if you won't let these guys forget you won't let these guys uh breathe oh my goodness and so um while we we have been doing a study, I think I've mentioned it that we're doing a study through the book of Exodus, um, uh, and and we have just closed with chapter twelve, uh, as we finished with the tenth plague, and we will resume next year. On uh, on the rest of the plagues, uh, on on the rest of the activities of 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 of, of Exodus. And as we close the year, because this is the last episode of the year, right? Hmm. I know it's the third episode, but it's the last one, okay? I didn't wait for January to start the podcast. I was like, here and now. <laughs> uh, the rest, the people who will start in January will find me three podcasts down and a few devotionals. Come on, somebody. I deserve a hearty clap. Anyway, that's not why we're here today. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how, um, okay, so in chapter 12, let's go to chapter 12, right? Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. This is what he says to them, right? Um, This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. So God tells them, I want you to put the blood on on, on your doors, and then I want you to remember this forever. And it is interesting because he tells them to keep it as a memory. But he also does. He he does that as well. Because if you see um, prophet after prophet, king after king, leader after leader, 
you know, if, uh, judge after judge, they keep reminding the people of Israel, this is the God that took you out of Egypt. And and it is so interesting to see the way there's such a, you know, repetition. It's over and over and over and over and over. And it's like, we is it that you don't want the people to forget or is there something greater? And of course, you know the answer. There is something greater. <laughs> and even that something greater is that it lies right there in, in, in how God was intentional with them not forgetting. Because they would come across so many other gods that look better. And you know what is so funny? Because of the people of, because the people of Israel, um, when they got to Egypt, they saw all these different gods right they saw you know so many so many gods in in that in 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 you know uh idols the form of I, an idol and they were so you know they were they were so sensual you know they were good they were good looking gods and they were physical gods and they were attractive is that what i'm looking for they were attractive i mean even they wanted to worship that kind of god the way to worship that god was attractive to them and even the god itself was attractive and so they were thinking okay so we can't see ours ours wants us to be holy but that other god wants us to you know uh and engage in prostitution and isn't that fun isn't that what a fun way of worship and so there was such a difference between the god the the lord their god and the other gods, small g, that they found along the way. And so God wanted them before even they go outside to the land of Canaan and they meet the people who had inhabited their land, you know, the, the Canaanites and the Hittites. Before they meet them, he wanted them to know that he's the only God and he's the Lord, their God. And he wanted them to constantly be reminded of him and his greatness. And I think that is why he removed them out of Egypt in such a mighty way. He delivered them with such a mighty hand so that it can be to them a memory that honestly no other God can do such a great work, such a great act. There is no other God. And God does that, and he's so intentional with that. And, you know, that's why he told Moses that um, no one, you know, I'm going to do this in such a mighty hand. And even when Moses thought that the, the work that he was going to do in Egypt was easy, and even in the wilderness, it got harder and harder because God was trying to show Moses that, you see, you're going to encounter so many other gods ahead of you, but I'm trying to make myself familiar with you. I'm trying to make myself um distinct among you that you will always know that I am a different God from all the other gods you will ever find. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is not the case with the people of Israel. The fear that God had that they would indeed go and find other more sensual gods, other more attractive gods actually happened. And they were always falling into idol worship. They would always go and find Baal and they are like, oh, look at Baal. And, and they want to worship Baal. And they would go and find other gods and they would want to worship those other gods. And it was it was always a back and forth and back. you might get tired if you read the book of judges and you'd be like you know what these people deserve hell <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of people that we are and i just wanted us to end the year on a reflective note 
by asking ourselves, what are we taking as a memorial that God has done for us this year? So that when we are moving on forward, when we see things happening in the next years and the years to come and, you know, with the generations that are coming ahead of us, that people say, you know what, um, I know that my God does this. I know that my God has been this. What is it that is a memorial? What are you keeping as a memorial? God asked the children of Israel to that day, that day that they were being delivered out of the land of Egypt because of how bad Pharaoh was. I mean, when you see that all these plagues had to happen, so much destruction happened in the land of Egypt. I mean, by the time water was turning into blood, he should have been like, you know what? Mm, I cap it at that, go out. But God allowed his heart to continue being hardened so that the people of Israel can really know that it was by a mighty hand that they were saved. Unfortunately, that is not what they thought of it. Um, they grew entitled time after time after time and things really got worse and and things got, uh, they went out of the way when they went to the, you know, no sooner had they, you know, reached Mount Sinai and Moses was not there for, for 40 days, they made themselves a God out of the gold that God had given unto them. And, and and they had not even been, been provoked. That's what's so funny. They had not been provoked by people. The people of Israel had not been provoked by people. They just were like, okay, Moses is probably dead. You know what? Let's do this. Let's make a God like the one we saw in Egypt. You know, there was a God called Hathor that had the image of a cow. And so they were like, you know what? I think we like, we like, we like Hathor. And so let's make that. And so Aaron, because he had stayed in Egypt with, uh, while trying to deliver them there for some time, he makes for them um, uh, the, an, uh, a golden cow, the image of a golden cow. And they begin to worship it. That, and saying that you are the God that has taken us out of Egypt. Dude, the cow has just been created now. How is he being credited to a work that happened before its existence? My goodness, my goodness. Now you understand why God was telling them in chapter, even before they met anything or anyone, he was telling them, let this day be a memorial for you guys and keep it as a feast for all generations. Right? Let it be there among you. Let it be a memorial for you, for you guys. And that's why they, they had to celebrate the Passover because God wanted them to constantly, year after year, be, be reminded of the great work. So that's the Egyptians. Uh, sorry, that's the people of Israel. And that's what they, they went through. And that's what happened um, uh, with them. But I just wanted to ask, what are you ending the year um, with? What is your memorial day? What is that thing that God has done for you? Of course, it could be things. And I know it is things because our God is, you know, amazing in his ways. And he multiplies his deeds among the people who trust and believe him. I just wanted to ask on a reflective note, what is it for you that God has done? And you're thinking, you know, hmm, this for me is a memorial day. I'm going to tell this to my kids and my kids after that. I'm not going to let this day slide as just a promotion at work. I'm not just going to let it slide as a, you know, I, I, work, I worked hard because that's why I got the promotion. But I'm going to, to say that, you know, if really God wasn't with me, that, I, that promotion would have been impossible. So 
I have a thing. A few, I have a few things. I have a few things that are memorial for me this year. Um, maybe one of note. I would really want to say this and mention this. This because, uh, to me, I don't want to ever forget. I know God has done this for so many other people, and it has become ordinary. But let me tell you, for as long as you're on this podcast, you will not fail <laughs> to hear of what God did for me this year. Because I don't want it to pass by and I don't want to go back to a place of not trusting and believing in God when he has proven himself to me. I feel that he did this for me. Okay, I'm going ahead of myself. So this year, uh, the uh, the other half, the, the first half of the year, I was expecting my second son. And because I had had a child before, I was kind of familiar with what happens with the whole labor situation and giving birth situation. So it was not going to be new for me. Uh, although the first one was a bit tough, obviously because I had not experienced that before. Uh, I had an idea and I would prepared myself. I was, you know, ready to take on the pain and the longevity of, of the pain. So I was I was prepared. And so it happens that, okay, when you're winding down the pregnancy, you get quite tired. You just want the baby out. You want your body back because you can't do most stuff. You're taking two steps, uh, you know, you're running out of breath. You can't sleep well. It's a lot. It's quite a lot. So th- that last month is feels more like torture. And so you, you're, it's like your body is desiring the baby out, but your body has not yet <laughs> given the baby, uh, you know, it's date out. It's eviction notice. And so there I am. I'm exhausted. And I'm trying all the ways that are on the internet to remove the baby. You know, walking around, you know, keeping active, eating pineapples, all that. All that stuff. I'm doing all this, all that. And the labor keeps starting and stopping. You know, it was what I think they called pro, pro, prodromal, something like that. I'm not good with the scientific stuff. So it would start, um, it wasn't necessarily labor, but it was like I would have really strong Braxton Hicks and then bam, gone, disappeared. So whenever they would start, I would start walking around to see if they would progress, but it wouldn't. So that went on for like a week and then I just gave up. I was like, you know what? It's not happening. So on a Friday, when now on the Friday of the day that I, I, I gave birth to the, my, my son on Thursday, um... I went to bed with a few, you know, they were feeling um, something. But I was like, because I've tried all week and it's not happening now on the Thursday night, I went to sleep and all that. So in the middle of the night, I wake up and the pain is quite a lot. So I try to walk around and pace around to see if it's going to progress. I feel, and then I feel like "Mm, it's not progressing the way the other one progressed, progressed. So I feel like I'll make it to morning. This is like around uh, 3 a.m. So I went back to bed. Big mistake. (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh my goodness so I wake up at around 3 45 because now I feel eh, now 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 the pain has eh, within those 45 minutes a lot has happened so eh, maybe we need to go and so bef- while we were walking out of the now coming out of the bed telling my husband we need to pace out I felt there was one one contraction that came that hit that my mind told me Phyllis you're not going to make it to the hospital just just get within the program of that and because that because i remember the i can almost taste (laughs) 
I can almost taste the pain, you know, because when I was having that that type of pain last time I was in hospital and I gave birth a few minutes after that. So I'm looking at how far we are because we we live quite far from the hospital um that I go to and I was thinking to myself, we're not going to make it. This child is going to be born in the in the car, which is fine, which is fine. So let's just get to the car. So for me, I'm telling myself, let's get to the car. But the more I'm walking towards, now you know, because of the contractions, you just can't at it wake up, walk quickly to the car. So I'm in the sitting room and uh, another contraction hits and I'm like, yeah, this kid is not even going to enter the car. <laughs> this kid, because the more the, the, the contraction hits, the intensity of it, you do feel like the baby is, is being pushed out and all that. So long story short, yeah, the baby never made it out, uh, made it to the hospital. Um, there I was in the parking lot, just a few hundred meters, uh, not hundreds actually, <laughs> a few meters to the to the to the car, and the baby was like, you know, my son was like, this is the moment, this is my time, and he was out and all of that. And I remember thinking to myself, because we went back into the house now that we were not going to make it to the hospital. I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to die here. I'm going to, by the way, there's a reason as to why we go to hospitals. <laughs> because it was the amount of blood I was losing. I thought, of course, now I, in hindsight, now I understand that that's the amount of blood that people normally lose when they are giving birth. And that is why we are usually pumped with so much um uh, blood, what are they called? Supplements so that we can have enough blood to lose, to keep for ourselves and also for the baby, right? And for the healing process that we'll have uh, later on. So I'm thinking, I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on my living room uh, chair and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to die. Surely this is, this is death. So my child has been taken by now my husband. Uh, he's on the other side of the living room and I'm looking at them with the nanny as well. And uh, they are wiping him down and they are, you know, uh, working on the cord and all that stuff. And I'm looking at them and in my mind I'm saying, you know, God, you have to be with them. You have to be with this child because now, now I'm, I'm dying and there's nothing I can do about it. Because I'm so helpless at this juncture and I'm thinking to myself in my brain that I'm honestly going to die because there's blood all over the living room floor. And for me... <laughs> I'm thinking, this is it. So I'm thinking about my other son who had now woken up because there's a kid who's screaming. You know, now the one I had just bathed was shouting at the top of his lungs. And so my son wakes up and you can hear him in the bed in his bedroom saying, Mama, Mama, Mama. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, so this is how I'm going to go out. Is this for real? <laughs> and I don't know, things are happening so fast. I'm being taken to the uh, clinic next door so that they can... Uh, inject me so that the blood can stop coming out and all that. Uh, and in my head, I'm still going through the haze of this is this is the end. This is the end for me. I'm not going to make it because you can't lose that much blood and you still make it. And so, of course, I made it. <laughs> but I remember thinking that God made sure that I give birth in a place that I live in, in a place I will always pass by every day when I go out and I come in so that it can be a memorial for me. And who am I to ever shut up about this story? Honestly, who am I? I cannot let this story go because for me, I know how many people have lost their kids. 
I know just this year how many people have not been able to make it out of the maternity room. Just the other mother, like a few months ago, um, I know someone, a man who lost both his wife and the child. They went into the maternity um, room and they never came out, both of them. And so when God does such a tremendous and an amazing thing for me, it will be a memorial. For me, I cannot let that. Every time I see that story, it gives me chills. <laughs> for me, that's my memorial. I have so many other things to talk about, so many other things to say. But for me, that, knowing how blessed I am, because it's not an ordinary thing. I know, I know you can probably say, ah, what are you talking about? That's not a big deal. People in, you know, in the, uh, in the rural areas, they give birth like this uh, so many times. I have an aunt who has given birth to her own kids. You know, she's the one who has delivered all her kids you know, power to her. But for me, it's not a big deal to her. To me, it is. To me, it's a big deal. It's the biggest deal ever. Because when I gave birth to my son, the cord was around his neck. And and I had, and we are the ones who removed that cord around his neck. So for me, the, st the more I look at him, when I see that baby, I know that nothing is impossible with God. He's the stamp of God. All things are possible through Christ. For me, he's my faith story because before then I did have faith, but now he just came to birth. I, I feel that God set that day up for me to birth the greatest and the deepest form of faith that can ever be in a human being. I believe that God can do everything now. I believe it with all my heart. So many people are in the hands of doctors and they don't make it. I was in my own hands in the hands of my father, Jesus Christ. I was in the hands of God, surely, because both my husband and I were confused. My husband, yes, has done first aid and he was doing his best. But even he, to this day, can attest that if it was not the hand of God, we wouldn't be here. We would have been talking about another story. Possibly there would be no podcast because there would be no one to have the podcast. And so I'm just so grateful to God of that day. I will never forget it. I will never let that go. They slide by. I will sing of that day. I will cry. Every time I preach and I and the Holy Spirit leads me to talk about it, I cry. I shed tears like a small baby there preaching. And even when I talk about it, why? Because for me, that day is a memorial. And it will be told to my generations and generations to come that God, it was by the hand of God that I am alive. It is by the hand of God that my child is alive. I cannot forget. I will not allow myself to forget. So I don't know about you. <laughs> what is it that God has done for you that you will never allow your soul to forget? What is the song that God has put in your mouth, in your lips, that you will sing forever and ever and ever and ever? I pray that you and I will not forget the great things that God has done for us, that we will not forget, that we will choose to go along with them and that we will, we will teach them to the generations to come and we will not forget them and we will not allow ourselves to go back to the place we were before we were give, we were done for these things a place of no faith or uh, i'm not going to allow myself to return there i pray that you too will not allow yourself to go back there <sighs>
thank you for making it to the end of the episode thank you thank you thank you i want to say that you can find me on the socials you can find the podcast life and godliness with phil um on instagram you can also find me phil.gashaw on instagram and phyllis my phyllis gashaw <laughs> uh on facebook those are my preferred socials i will i hope to see you there and i hope to interact with you guys there um thank you for coming and happy new year